0: America's best 100 men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret Trained to live off nature's land, trained in combat hand to hand Men who fight by night and day Courage take from the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men, America's best One hundred men will test today But only three win the Green Beret America's best, he'll be a man, they'll test one day, have him win, the
1: Green
2: Beret. Good morning ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the John Moore Show. This is Tim Spencer sitting in for John on this, a Friday, the 8th of July, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Looking forward to speaking with Tom Berryhill here in a couple of minutes. But two things we've got to get out of the way first. First is the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. I'm messing this up, folks. I know I'm tired of a pledge of agency and apply to the United States. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Second thing, that tip of the day. All right, folks. I'm going to give you the absolute, very best defense for a high threat area, how to stay out of it. Um, What it is, the best defense in any high threat environment is not to be there. Interpreted, that means keep your situational awareness up. Now, you're going to walk into things occasionally that you have no foreknowledge of and stuff like that. You've got to be prepared. But if you know a bad area or big, bad events going on, stay out of there. Uh, Julie, do we have Tom on the line? Okay. Uh, all right. Anyway, folks, hopefully uh, Tom Barry will call in and we'll talk about emergency radio communication. Uh today's show is sponsored by Amsoil, uh, a really great product. I use it myself. In fact, when I got a new car, I, our one got totaled, and I had to buy a new one, which I hated. Pointing into the floor, was a piece of junk called Ford Escape. But at the price I'm paying for it, uh, I want to treat it really well. So the very first thing I do, as soon as I get it, is I take it to our mechanic, or actually, Lori did. I took it to the mechanic and uh, had him drain the factory new oil out of it, take off the brand new filter. And uh, we put uh, the AMS oil in it. Why? Because one, it really protects the engine if starts start with a new car, and two, You don't have to change the oil at every 25,000 miles. Now, the filter
3: does have to be changed every 12,500. Good
2: morning, Tom.
3: Hi, Tim. Good morning. haven't talked to you in a while. How have you been?
2: Okay, folks.
3: uh, I have
2: zero sound on my end. Tom, you can take it for a while if you hear me. Uh, I've got to call back in, and I'll be right back.
3: Yes, I think Tim has an audio problem there. Tim started talking about uh, don't be where uh, a threat uh, is apparently uh, happening, and I agree with that. Tim often talks about situational awareness. That's very important, and I practice that myself. Anytime I go somewhere to do some shopping, go anywhere, especially if there's uh, quite a few people around. I kind of scan the parking lot when I get out of the car. I look around that's to fair. see. Uh, you back, Tim?
4: Yeah, I'm back, buddy. Thank you for taking that. No, you go ahead. Well I started,
3: I started, well, I started talking about situational awareness because that's something that you mentioned. Right. Quite often, and I was just saying that when I get out of the car at a shopping uh, location, store, or any kind of a parking lot, especially if there's uh, people hanging around, I always look for the for the ones that are kind of hanging around the corner of the building, maybe up to no good. Get That's... an idea of uh, uh, what, uh, try to see what they're up to, and, and identify them a little bit, and then uh, keep your eyes open they follow you in or if they're nearby just keep an eye on them and maybe even if it doesn't look real good tim i will postpone that excursion i might have several when i go out somewhere i try to make efficient use of the uh of the time so i'll do several things at once and i may uh, modify that schedule a little bit and do Mm -hmm. the second thing on the list first and then come back later and see if if those uh uh, types of individuals are still hanging around, and I might even postpone that then to an, another time. doesn't happen very often, but once in a while, I go into a store, and I always, uh, now I'm familiar with the local ones, what's where, but I always know where all the emergency exits are. Right. and Yes, and you want you want to be aware of all that, and of course, one time I I went in a store, and I felt so out of place because I. I always pat my pocket and my pistol wasn't in there and I thought, "Uh-oh." Yeah. I don't know. I I just it just didn't I knew something wasn't right, and even though that's a very lightweight little pistol, I I just don't feel right being out without it, you know. It goes with me everywhere. So
4: Well, it makes uh, you feel naked. I had to go to the VA yesterday, and of course, at VA hospital, you can't carry a weapon. Right. And um, I'll tell you, I felt very naked because Ori was parking the car and I'm sitting at the main entrance of my wheelchair. And all of a sudden I hear all this yelling and screaming. And some guy came running in, almost broke the door, the front door, glass door there at the VA. No shoes, no shirt, just a pair of jeans, yelling and screaming. Well, I didn't exactly go follow him to see what happened, but in the five minutes it took Rory to park the car, apparently the VA had handled it quite quickly and quietly. But, you know, just that initial threat thing, and I know for a fact I don't have, you know, my revolver, it makes you feel funny.
3: It does, Tim. And, you know, speaking of medical uh, facilities like that. I, I used to work in hospitals years ago and I remember uh, several times being in there. One time I was at a hospital and there was banging on the wall, screaming and yelling stuff being, you could tell things are being thrown against the wall. And I asked uh, one of the nurses, what's going on? And she says, oh, the sheriff's department is here with a couple of inmates. And their detainees, whatever they call it, prisoners, yeah. And uh, they're not real happy about the situation. I said, "Who isn't happy? The, the deputies <laughs> or the or the or the de, or the prisoners?" And she said, "Neither."
4: <laughs> I bet they so, weren't.
3: Oh yeah. So, so it was. Uh, uh, yeah, you encountered a lot of things like that. But back in those days, we weren't carrying guns or anything. It's um, yeah. Sad state of affairs the way things are nowadays, but you almost, you almost have to. You know, Tim. I moved here in the country, and uh, I'm a am north of you, but still in the Ozarks. And uh, years ago, and I just remember one time, some alleged book salesmen were at our front door, and my wife and daughter had just come home from some shopping. And I was out in the shop. I didn't know any of this was taking place, but but uh, they wanted to come inside. It was a hot day. They wanted. To, she was just pulling back in. She had the car window down, just a couple of inches, and she carried a uh, .38 Smith and Wesson in her purse, and she had her hand on that gun. And those oh, yeah. one of those guys. Yeah. One of those guys, uh, one was on one side of the car. The other was on the other side, wanted to talk to her about buying some books or something. And they said, it's awfully hot out here. Can we go inside and talk about it? And, <laughs> and, <laughs> and she put the car in reverse and started backing out. And, uh, pretty quickly, as a matter of fact, and started honking the horn. And that's when I came out of the shop and they were tearing out of the driveway. Well, we called the sheriff's department, and they came over. Took them uh, yeah. 45 minutes or so to get here. And, and of course, you know, two uh, deputies showed up, and she told them what happened. And they said, uh, ma'am, do you have a gun? And she said, oh, no. You see, the, you weren't allowed to carry anything in those days. This was 24 right. or so years ago. And uh, they said, look, none of you here... Just the profile, carry a gun. And she said, well, it's, the law doesn't allow it. And the one guy got right in her face and said, ma'am, carry a gun. Uh, we live in a rural area here. You saw how long it took for us to get here. To carry a gun and know how to use it and know when not to use it. And right. uh, she, did, she didn't She did tell him she was carrying one. She didn't want to tell them. But they probably right. kind of knew. Anyway, so much for all that. We're going to talk about radio, and we we'll talk about yeah. anything you want, though. Tim, you're the boss of the show today.
4: Ah, okay. Well, let's let's talk about you know, ham radio is good, but that subject gets beat to death every Friday. Can we talk by chance? You know, we can use me or you as an example. You know, rural area. You need just any communication between you and whoever you live there with. You know, we've got that problem here. I use these little GMRS radios. You know, they're cheap. They work good here on the farm. Only need them for a mile at the most. Uh, What's your opinion on those things?
3: Well... And you're right, the ham radio, it's, it's uh, pretty much, we've covered it. Um, we try to talk about the basics and uh, entry-level type stuff. Right. and And we can go get as in-depth as you want. I worked on two-way radio systems. I worked on um, signaling systems that were what they would call today wireless, but yeah, called it radio. You know the funny thing, Tim? many 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 decades ago when all of this technology came about they called the communications equipment it was all Morse code telegraph right they called it they called it wireless
2: yes they and did and then
3: they wanted to get uh fancy so that then they started calling it radio and they were calling and even even system, I I used to work on uh some intercom equipment and PA systems and sound systems. We did big, big, the biggest, and I I guess probably the biggest sound systems around St. Louis, Missouri. I worked for the company that put them in. It was a small company, but uh, we worked on a lot. And, they, you know, back in those days, the PA systems and, and all that, they called them, in the very early days, they called them radio. And, uh, I'm talking like in the, in the late 1920s, things like that. Uh, I remember one time I had to go to a very old building. I don't remember what the, I think it was like a, uh, some sort of an older, an old folks home or nursing home. And, uh, they wanted to add some speaker lines and things like that. And the, the, um maintenance uh, supervisor got out the old blueprints and he was showing me where some of the conduits ran through the building. And I'm looking at all this and it kept saying all these different rooms had a connection for radio. I said, did they have an antenna system? And and he said, no, he says back in those days, they called the intercoms radio.
2: Right. They
3: called the radio wireless. Now it's the other way around. It seems like. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) um,
4: Well, you know, I started messing with radios in the early 80s. And wow, have things changed. And, uh, you know, I've built my own systems before. I've never messed with ham. I'm not going to lie to you. But, you know, all mine was UHF, VHF, you know, like law enforcement stuff and military stuff. And look at how things have changed now and how everything's been so miniaturized. It's, it's just incredible.
3: Yeah, everything, uh, all the circuitry is all surface mount. As a matter of fact, these uh, the latest two-way radio systems, of course, all of this is, for the most part, software-defined radios. Right. They, they have some chips in there that do all the heavy lifting, all the work, and you just program that for the frequency you want to be on uh, all you know, in the old days, we had crystals. All those companies have gone out of business. The one of the best ones was International Crystal Company in Oklahoma City. Right. They're gone. They they finally threw in the towel three or four years ago, and well, they're gone. And that
4: anymore at all? Yeah.
3: No, there yeah, there, is, there is some because some. Well, you know, mostly with the ham radio operators, they're still building systems, but they're. The amount of business you'd get from those people are so minuscule, it's not worth keeping the company open. There were still applications, and crystals are still used quite a bit, and there's some smaller um, specialty-type companies that still make them. And, you know, Tim, I, I came close to buying a company. When I was a kid, I remember seeing CW Crystals, and they would advertise in QST magazine. They were in Marshfield, Missouri, down by Springfield, Missouri. And I always thought this was some big operation and, and uh, you know, it, it would be uh, uh, quite a place to have my first job. Well, right. nothing happened with that. I, I went other directions. And then many years later, and we lived out here in the country, so I'm thinking maybe 20 years ago, I saw another ad. CW Crystals was for sale, but now it was in well, we say Nevada, but I think they pronounced it Nevada, Missouri, and they had moved over yeah. there. Apparently, the guy that owned that passed away, and so we took a road trip, and I contacted uh, the people and went over there and took a look at it. It was and in we the back.
4: So. Hang on a minute, Tom. We'll continue that thought after the break. Call in numbers 512-248-8252.
5: It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution.
6: Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible?
7: We have gun rules changing all over. I'm Peter Seraphine with today's Liberty Minute. The Supreme Court said that New York's arbitrary discretion over concealed carry permits is unconstitutional. This may mean that more states will become shall-issue states, but we shouldn't jump the guns yet. The may-issue states could just pass specific laws restricting who can or can't have a concealed carry permit, removing the decision-making process from the issuing authority. On the same day... 10 Senate Republicans joined the Democrats in passing new gun rules. Some of the new rules are actually common sense. For example, if an 18-year-old wants to buy a gun, then maybe their juvenile record really is relevant. However, I don't like the idea of federal money helping states with so-called red flag laws. I just don't see how due process and red flag confiscations can coexist. Find more news and commentary at liberty-lighthouse.com. Until tomorrow see this poshum parabellum
3: but I'd like to ask each of you what it is you value so highly that you are willing to
8: fight and possibly die for
4: and we are back We're ladies and it. gentlemen you are listening to the Rural Survival Show right here on our I'm sorry Rancho. show That's my show, which, by the way, if you guys are interested uh, and you want to continue hearing our show, we're on YouTube and Rumble, and uh, we do one show a week, usually comes out Saturday morning, and I do one interview a week, which usually comes out on Wednesday, so you might want to give it a listen. We could use all the help we can get there. Okay, Uh, anyway. You're listening to The John Moore Show. I am Tim Spencer, acting as your host today. Today is Friday, 8 July, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And we've got our first caller of the show. We have got Mark in Missouri on line three. Good morning, Mark. Hey,
1: good morning to you folks. How you doing today?
4: I'm doing good, buddy.
1: Yeah, I've got a question for you. I listen to you guys all the time, and so I'm probably repeating something you've already said. But uh, I'm trying to set up a ham—not ham radio, but communications—and I'm in Washington County, but I can't find anybody with direct contact numbers, uh, you know, for these clubs. And I was wondering uh, how do you how do you get involved in that? Uh, you know, I go to a web page like for Bonter or something like that, and you know, they have meetings, uh, they say, the second Saturday of the month, but then when you go there, they're not there. You know, they cancel their meetings, I guess, between the members if there's nothing going on. And I'm right. just trying to figure out, how do you contact these folks? Because they don't have any contact numbers.
4: Tom?
3: <laughs>
4: do you have any question.
3: idea? No, I, but that's a very good question because uh, that does tend to happen. I don't know how you'd find these guys. And email it's yeah, maybe. A lot of times the uh, some of the clubs, uh, especially if they have officers, some of these they, they run a lot of these clubs like some sort of a corporation or something with all these levels of management and things like that. And then um, I've found the, the most informative groups to be the loosely knit organizations where they sometimes just a group of people get together once in a while, once a week or every couple of weeks for coffee and they talk about different things. And it's not even, not even a club, uh, not even a structured right. organization. And, and I've found that we did some of that around here. The, the, the sad part is that the, the guys that we all got together with, they've all died off. And yeah. I was always, I got into this stuff in the mid sixties and there was a lot of activity, and of course, we didn't have internet and all that in those days, so it was all books and then a hands-on experience. And you met pe- people just by associating with others. If you had a project you were working on, they might say, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so over here. Here's his phone number, or I'll have him give you a call, things like that. And you learned uh, from people that have already been down that path which was very, very handy because that saves you a lot of grief trying to um, get a project done when you've never gone that direction before. These, these uh, people have already done it can help, and I, that's probably what you're looking for. So if you do find these clubs, many of them have a website, and Tim's right. They'll have email addresses on there. Sometimes they will publish phone numbers. I do know some of them will do that. You're in Washington County. And that's uh, that's a pretty rural area, and uh, but there are some clubs around. What clubs did you find? Where are they located?
1: The the one that I found was located, the closest one was in Bonterre, Missouri, which is, uh, I guess, from that's- Potosi, which that's the town I'm closest to. Uh, I'm in John Moore country, actually, you know, pretty close, Uh yeah. But but uh, that's the closest one that I found, and I didn't see any uh, emails where you could email them, anything like that. And uh, I've even asked around to the different local people that I know. You know, I moved down here back in 15 to the farm after I retired, and, I've, and the communications is the only thing that I haven't really got set up yet. Uh, and I've been trying. Uh, I wanted to get my technician license, so I've been studying that online, but I can't find a club that would even give the test. if I can't get a hold of these folks.
3: Okay, well, you know what? You might have to go out a little farther from where you are. Uh, there's a, a lot of hams in Jefferson County, and you would find, you may find somebody over there. And Okay. Uh, it, it, I would do that, and there's some there's some very knowledgeable people in the Jefferson County area i know some of them personally you might get some help there so uh, that's one thing you could do i don't know the the actual names of the of the clubs and you might have to go to um, one of the larger clubs in the st louis area and you will find some email addresses that that was a good suggestion uh, I that tim had and then at, and then ask these people if they know anybody out in your area and you might have to go over by DeSoto Festus. Well Desoto's not even a very big area but Festus I know there's a lot of hams around that area and um, and then up into the Arnold area. Of course you're right at the edge of St. Louis County then but there's a lot of the hams that have left St. Louis Uh, The metro area moved farther out. A lot of them retired and moved out. We've got about
4: an hour break. We'll continue right after the break.
1: You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org.
9: Saturday mornings 8 to 10 central to the alternative media with your host, Farron. If you've not been listening, this is some of what you've been missing 2,000 mules, like you like you like to say occasionally, Farron, in your face. They, they, they might have a,
1: a set of lactating mammaries available that could provide milk for their adopted children.
9: Listen, news media all pulling off this gigantic fraud rhino neocon cups. There's
2: this wonderful thing called Vote with Your moved
9: to California. I am a conspiracy factualist and everyone else is a reality theorist. Hundreds, if not thousands, of ships came out of nowhere. Give me liberty or let's give you death. Any excuse to go in and kill yourself for this, this, this fraud of a government. This goes back a hundred years. When they come for your gold, give them a lead. And when they come for your guns, give them the bullets first. And God help us all.
8: Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Carrie, great product and I will continue to use. I've been taking it for over a year now. I'm 60 and feel great. I would highly recommend this product to anyone over the age of 40. Amazon customer, five stars. I'm quite happy about it. Extendivite has relieved what appears to be an angina problem. Pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Amazon customer, five stars. Great product, I use regularly, and I rarely get sick. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend
9: your life with Extendivite.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned in to the John Moore Show on the Republic Broadcasting Network. My name is Tim Spencer, and I'm your host just for today. Uh call in number is 512-248-8252. Mark in Missouri, are you still on the line, sir? Okay. I guess not. All right, well, Tom, we've got another caller. We've got Bill in Wyoming on line three. Good morning, Bill.
9: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, The best way to get in touch with American amateur radio operators is to get in touch with the American Radio Relay League, ARRL. They've been at it for longer than most of us have been alive. And they know who is where and what. They're very, very bureaucratic, but they have the information that you're looking for. Back in the 70s, when I got into communications uh, as a student in a two-way radio VOTEC class, uh, crystals were used, they they were multiplied, and the, the, the signal... The individual crystals were set for totally different frequencies, but they were multiplied and mixed to get to the carrier frequencies and the other frequencies that you needed for a two-way radio to operate. Now, all of the crystals are on a handful of different frequencies. Crystals have become... Basically, commodity items. You buy them from a half from a half dozen different frequencies, and basically, they're used as the crystals for for a computer. And the computer operates what's called a phase locked loop, and the phase locked loop is how they generate all the frequencies now. The same way it's done in software, like you said, except and instead of being done in actual uh, radio frequency uh commi- uh circuitry. But the thing is is that is an outgrowth of computers. It's not an outgrowth of radios. And now two way radios, commercial two way radios now, have gone the way of uh... Um, modular. They're like the Qua- they're like the quasar TVs used to be where everything was in a drawer, you'd pull a drawer out and replace the circuit board that's bad and you're done if it's broken. Well, two-way radios now are, are set up in a modular fashion, and basically you pull the cover off, and you look, and there's two LEDs, a green one and a red one, and you look for the one with a red LED on, you pull that board out, replace that board, you throw the old one away, and you're fixed. A monkey can fix a two-way radio now. And, and the and, and the newest and the newest ham and the newest ham radios, uh, ICOM's got one. I can't remember the call the uh, the actual model number of it. ICOM has a new radio which is called du- direct conversion. They don't do multiple conversion in radios anymore. They do direct conversion where you actually receive the frequency that you're receiving, and you directly digitize it, and that's that's how the whole thing does. I mean, two way radios have become nothing more than specialized computers. And once you, and and so basically if you want to get into, and and that's the way that ham is going is in almost totally in the computers. The big, the big thing in amateur radio these days, and I'm a technician. I'm also, also have an FCC commercial license. Uh, In these days, most of, most of the hams have gone digital, I call digital crazy, because what they want to do is they want to get handhelds or a fully digital units that they can get into a repeater that's fully digital unit now that's interconnected onto the internet, and you can pick up a ham radio and in, in a matter of seconds be talking to somebody anywhere in the world you want if you know how to, how to get in touch okay. with them. And, and, and okay. Your, and your phone link is, uh, is very noisy. I don't I don't know what. Will, what I'm uh, losing what... your audio. Yeah, well I'm losing yours too. Uh there there's uh our, it's okay. our fri- it's our friends and it's our friends in the telecom business that are too busy playing with their computers. Right. Okay, Bill. Got but you, pounds, but, 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 but again, uh, the American Re- Radio Relay League is the single best way to get in touch of hams anywhere in the United States. Okay.
4: Well, that sounds like a plan, buddy. Thank and
9: you. And you can find the ARRL really easy on a computer. Type it into a search engine and boom, you're there.
4: Okay. That sounds like a plan. Uh, Tom, you want to address what uh, Bill there was talking about, about being able just to replace the boards and all that?
3: Oh, boy. I'll tell you, we could go on for hours about that. Another thing you can do to find local hands if Mark is still listening, go to the FCC. ULS, that's the universal licensing system, just search out FCC ULS, then go in there, look at the license search, they have uh, different, all different types of license, look for amateur, click on amateur, and then go in there and just type in your zip code. If Mark puts his zip code there in Washington County, Missouri, it will return every ham operator in that zip code it's probably not I that many of about them. that and then so will you radio reference and he might well that's that's a whole other thing but the, you go to the actual fcc website and it will show their address he could send them a letter if they, it won't show an email address but it will show their address just mail two or three of these people a make up your own form letter and just mail it to him. put a stamp on there and mail it to him, and tell him you, you couldn't find anybody. And you're really, they have their license. How did they get it? Where did they go? And put your phone number on there. And I'm willing to bet some or all of those people will, will call him or, or uh, put an email address in there and they'll get back to, to Mark and assist him with finding somebody in their area. But, he may find somebody that's close by and they may even agree to meet with him at the local restaurant and he'll have a new friend and, and a contact in ham radio. So that's one way to do it. And then, uh, as to, you know, it's, it's, there is some, some component level repair work still going on. If you're working on any power amplifiers and things, there's still uh, board level repairs, but it, it is, uh, It is almost a thing of the past. As a matter of fact, a very good friend of mine, he was the top engineer for Verizon for the whole state of Illinois, except Chicago. I don't think he did anything in Chicago because that's a world of its own, but um, he said they had incredible difficulty finding people that could work on this stuff. He said they would equip a van, a service van with all the latest equipment, and he said very few of these guys could work on things down at the component level, and they even had trouble switching out so-called modules in some of these cell cell phone uh, tower sites oh. and all that. And he said he told me they still do were doing some board level repairs, but not that much. And it was it was just incredibly difficult to find people to. Uh, to do that type of work, even with the finest equipment money could buy. And he retired from there a few a couple, two, three years ago. And now uh, he said that they're not even they're, They don't even want to have their own trucks on the road. They're forming that out to outside contractors. And he said, most right. of them, the employees are, are from foreign countries. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, the Americans are too busy drinking beer, watching football games, uh, eating McDonald's hamburgers and playing video games. He says they don't know how to work on anything. That's, that was his comment. Well, you know some disagree Tom, with all of it.
4: We, we, <laughs> we're seeing this in every industry, just about not necessarily with all the foreign workers, but look at all these job listings that are available. Now, I haven't had my own business now for three or four years other than Rural Survival LLC. Uh, But when I was looking for help, it was almost impossible to find somebody capable of tying their own shoes. I had one man come to work for me, great guy, 32 years old, and did not know how to read a tape measure, if you can believe that. Well, right I can on. tell
3: you, I can tell you a story that happened very recently. A friend of mine, he's uh, he has a machine shop. They do some real high end machining, but they also do a lot of sheet metal work. And right, I was talking with him, and he said they needed somebody to work in just basic setup and shearing uh, metal blanks to size and things like that right. in the sheet metal part. And he was looking for. They put the word out. They are advertised. I don't know how he did it, but he had about 30-something candidates show up. And he said uh, it was just amazing. He said out of all those people, only a couple of them could use a tape measure. And he said the guy that was the best, the best one out of the group, they had to measure a sample piece and write it down the dimensions of this piece of metal. And this guy... Wrote down it was so, I don't know. So let's just say it was twenty five inches, and then it, to write it down exactly, he said twenty five inches and two or three tick marks. What he didn't even know what the oh, divisions were. On. Yeah, it's terrible. And you know, yeah. I work with I work with metric and and uh, imperial measurement. You know, inches, inches, and millimeters exactly. and centimeters and all that.
4: You got to be
3: able to work metric. Oh yeah, and you know some of my machinery is computerized, and it goes either way. And um, but I, I do very tiny, very small, detailed uh, circuits and things, and almost all of that is in metric. Right. And the only thing, about the only thing you have to remember is point zero three nine three seven, and that's your that's how many millimeters there are. Uh, How many thousands? Uh, Anyway, you can convert between the two, and uh, so you take you take your millimeter reading and multiply it by that number, and that'll tell you how many inches are there. And and I have to do both, and so I just I have that programmed in my calculator. I carry my shirt pocket, and I can convert between the two pretty quick. And I can round I'll round a millimeter off the point zero four for a rough estimate. You can kind of do it in your head. but you're right, Tim. It's 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 difficult. I I I'll tell you the truth. I the most people I ever had at one time was 15 employees, and I, I just uh, there were no cell phones in those days. If I had to hire a bunch of people today, I'd go crazy because as soon as they started picking up those cell phones, and I had enough trouble with machinery getting damaged and things like that from inattention right. and. Goofing off and taking a smoke break, and and uh, who knows what else. But it was um, it was bad enough with that, but add add these phones into into the mix. I don't think I could handle it, so I prefer to work alone these days.
4: I don't blame you. I don't, I don't blame me a bit, Tom. You know, I don't under. I mean, I understand what has happened, but I don't understand why it's been allowed to happen. This country is getting so degraded and at a very rapid pace now. You know, we're giving away our weapons and our ammunition to the point where we're not running low, but we're getting down to the minimums. Uh, our education system is an indoctrination system, not an educational system. You know, it's like somebody is intentionally destroying this country. I read a couple of days ago, Tom. I mentioned this on my podcast that it was like twenty three or twenty four percent of the people that are qualified that apply at recruiting stations, to go in the army, navy, whatever. Only twenty three to twenty four percent of them are physically and mentally qualified to join the military. And the standards aren't that strong anymore, Tom. They really aren't. They're not like they were when you and I were draft eligible and all that.
3: You know, I yeah, don't... I was never in, Tim. I don't know. I had a draft card, but they, they never called me. And then the right. it was for Vietnam, and then it was over. Yeah, so I was eligible for two or three years, but they had the lottery thing. The first year I, I was, I missed it by six numbers, and then um, it it uh, it was over, you know, in seventy five. So it, it was it. Right. But um, yeah, that's a sad. That's a sad thing. And then trying to find people, uh, it, I just can't hardly believe some of the stories I hear from from. Uh, I know. I have a lot of friends that are, most of my circle of friends and acquaintances are business owners. And some of the horror stories I'm hearing, it's just amazing. Oh, this, other, this guy that, was, uh, that had the trouble with trying to find somebody who could measure pieces of sheet metal with a tape measure. He also said several of the people, they didn't care what the job was. They wanted to know how much did it pay, what kind of benefits and what were the paid holidays and and how much vacation time paid vacation and all they wanted to know what they're going to get they didn't he says two or three of the people didn't even care what the job was they're only interested in the in the money so that's pretty sad too
4: i would you find don't have an interest
3: in what you're doing you know you yeah. got to have an interest in the job or it's 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 going to be a, a terrible situation for everybody, including you know the employee and the employer. So, yeah, um, yeah but me, that's the way it is. Hey, back to you know you wanted to know about GMRS and this and that, right? And we need we need to address that now. I think Tim, you were using a just a point to point base station and portable and mobile units. Right. So you had a tower. Now there was no repeater or anything, so you could talk no. you could be on a tractor and and uh, actually a really good setup for that would be in uh, maybe a mobile unit on the tractor cab it was it did you have a cab on that tractor or was it just open
4: No, it was just open and I had a radio in fact I've still got it that came out of a school bus, and all I had to do was change the crystals. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have our final commercial break of this hour. We'll be back in about three minutes. The call-in number is 512
11: Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today.
0: Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the rotating sponsor banner. Thank you.
8: EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too.
11: EaseOff, LLC. 417-932-6419.
1: But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more Sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights
8: of perverted.
4: All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back. This is your temporary host, Tim Spencer, sitting in for John Moore on this Friday, the 8th day of July, 2022. Uh, Tom and I have been talking about all kinds of radio stuff. Uh, Tom, before we get cut off by the music, question, uh, you feel like hanging around for a while? You certainly don't have to. I'm supposed to have no, open arms. No, I,
3: I can't. I'd be glad to do it, Tim. No problem. No.
4: I don't want to.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, we can talk about tools, and we can talk about welding, and just everything. But, you know, uh, with, your, with your system for the farm, a lot of people don't want to be a ham radio operator. And that's where the GMRS systems can really be pretty handy out here in the rural areas in many cases you may have your own private frequency because there won't be much activity on there at all and it's a right. great setup for farming and things like that uh this, what people don't realize though and i i don't know the exact rules and regulations on it but on a GMRS a system if you set up a repeater those are systems are not really meant for business uh, regular commercial business where you're uh, uh, dispatching vehicles or a community repeater where multiple different uh, companies or people could use the same repeater. It's really meant for a family or a, a single organization. And right. you have to look at the rules on that. But with the way you were using it, Tim, it was perfect because you had a family farm and, and it worked good for that. Now, if you had a repeater wow. system... You had a simple system there that I think works best, simple as best, and you just had a point to point a two-way radio system now you if you wanted to go from mobile unit to mobile unit, you may want a repeater, especially if you're using handheld radios they, they're not very powerful anyway and well you're right I don't think, I, it it if, if you have us. a relative, if you have a large farm, you have to cover a, a great distance, you might want to set it up as a repeater. I'm not a big fan of repeaters for close-in local communications. But it is done, and it can be done, but it, it really increases the complexity of what you're doing. So um, there, there's some, and by the way, there's some new equipment out there in Maxon USA. They're in Lenexa, Kansas. They have a system now that is a DMR digital-type radio, but it's a single-frequency uh, repeater and the the basics of it is it's it's um, with the digital radio it they divide the uh, the uh, the time period up into slots and you transmit in one slot and you listen back you transmit you listen back and this happens you know thousands of times per second so there's a right. tiny delay but it's only a few milliseconds and you can this thing will actually receive a signal and transmit it back out with a much higher power level it's the same it works the same as a repeater but it's all on a single frequency and right. a casual user coming on that on that frequency might notice the increased range and not even know that they're going through a repeater that would be a perfect setup because it's simple to implement yeah. and it, it, it would cover a great great communications range
4: All right, Tom, we've got our top of the hour break right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back in three or four minutes. Call-in number is 512-248-8252.
11: or call us
0: 800-724-2719 extension 3 800-724-2719 extension 3 You can't handle the truth
5: You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the-